You're listening to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. Fellowship Baptist Church is located in Clark Lake, Michigan. Today's message is part of our Adult Sunday School series. Adult Sunday School is taught by a variety of different men in our church. Now let's prepare our hearts as our Sunday School teacher brings forth God's truths from His Word today. Let's take our Bibles. Whoa! Let's take our Bibles and turn... If you guys remembered last week, we were over in Luke, and so we're going to be in a different portion of Scripture. Take your Bibles, turn to Matthew. Last week, we were talking about the parable of the rich fool, the rich young fool, in regards to what he had done. This week, we're going to be talking about stewardship as well. So Matthew chapter 25, and I'll get my Bible turned there because last week, I was not ready when it came to the Scripture reading, so I'm going to get there ahead of time this week. But we are talking about materialism last week, and we're going to continue with that theme this week as well. Matthew chapter 25. And we had left off last week in regards to just touching the area of stewardship. And we had talked about the rich young fool for most of the lesson, and we talked about the lessons that we can learn from the rich young fool in the area of materialism in our life. But materialism is really a tool that the devil likes to use in our hearts and in our lives. And sometimes we don't even realize that that area has taken a stronghold in our life. Kind of similar to when bitterness can take a stronghold. A lot of times we don't realize we're bitter until we start asking questions and start really looking at that. Then we're like, wow, you know what? I really was bitter. I didn't even realize that I was bitter. And sometimes that can be the same thing with materialism in our life. Because, you know, we live our life in a daily progression. And sometimes we let a little bit come in and a little bit come in and a little bit come in. Maybe that's not in accordance with God's word. Slowly letting that stuff trickle into our life. And before we realize it, it can become an issue in our life. And that can probably be said with anything in regards to the area of sin. Satan likes to bring a little bit at a time, a little bit at a time, and a little bit at a time. Take us a little bit further every single time before we really turn around and we're like, wow. I can't believe that I'm here in my life. And so a lot of times when the Word of God is brought forth, whether it's pastor on Sunday morning or in our own personal devotions, I think we need to get in the habit of really looking and seeing what God has to say to us and then taking like just a few seconds or a few minutes to stop and think, Lord, is this something I'm struggling with? Because a lot of times we hear something, whether it be in a service or it be in our devotion, and we're like, oh, I don't have that problem, and we move right along, right? Oh, I'm not there, and we move along, and don't even give God the opportunity to really ask God, God, where do you think that I'm at in my life? What we like to do is we like to look at other people and say, oh, I think they have a problem with this, or they are struggling with it, or my spouse, or my kids, or whatever else. But so often, as God said, we don't look at that big old beam that's in our own eye because that beam has blinded us. So we have to make sure anytime Scripture is brought forth, whether you read it for yourself or it's brought forth from somebody inadequate like myself, that we look and see, God, is this something that I can learn? Is this something that I am personally struggling with right now? Is this become a blind spot in my life? Yes, Phil. Are you waving at me? Oh, my word. Phil's in the back waving. He's waving at a kid. I thought he was waving at me doing something on my mic. So, all right, that's okay. That didn't distract me at all. All right, Matthew chapter 25. Um, this parable is super familiar, the parable about the stewardship, stewards here. So I'm not going to read every single verse from verse 14 to verse 30 for sake of time. I am going to try to go a little bit quicker than I did last week, which would be amazing if I can do that. So we'll try to do that because I've got a lot of stuff I want to cover here in the next few weeks in regards to this area. But I'm going to read part of the parable here. It says in verse 14, For the kingdom of heaven is as a man traveling to a far country who called his own servants and delivered unto them what? All right. Whose goods? His goods, right? Not their goods, his goods. 
Verse 15, and unto one he gave five talents, and to another two, and to another one, to every man according to his several ability, and straightway took his journey. So he gave him this, he left, and he's left them with some of his goods. Then he that had received the five talents went, traded the same, and made them another five talents. And likewise, he that had received two, he gained another two. But he that had received one went and digged the earth and hid his Lord's money. So he hid the talent that the Lord had given to him. He didn't, he didn't use it for anything. Didn't do anything with it, but just hid it. And after a long time, the Lord of those servants cometh and reckoneth with them. And so he that had received five talents came and brought another five talents, saying, Lord, thou deliverest unto me five talents, and behold, I have gained another five. So he brought not only what God had given to him and brought it back to God, but he said, I've also gained these other five talents. So he was able to double the, what God had given to him. And his Lord saith unto him, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. I will, excuse me, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things, right? That was just a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord. And then he also that had received the two talents came and said, Lord, thou deliverest unto me two talents. And behold, I have gained another two. And his Lord said unto him, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. So he said the same thing to the servant who just had gained two more talents, he didn't give less praise to that servant, right? He had given less talents to that person, but that person had also taken the talents that God had given to him and had done something with them, and God gave him the same praise. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Even though the one servant brought ten, and this servant brought four, he still was able to give the same praise to that servant, because a servant still did what was required of him with the talents that God had given to them. Drop down to verse 20, I guess we'll do 24. Then he which had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew thee that thou art a hard man, reaping where thou hast not sown, and gathering where thou hast not strewed. And I was afraid, and went and hid thy talent in the earth. Lo, there thou hast that is in thine. And his Lord answered and said unto him, Thou wicked and slothful servant, thou knewest that I reap where I sow not, and gathered where I have not strewed. Thou therefore, excuse me, thou oughtest therefore to have put my money to the exchangers, and then at my coming I should have received my own with usury. Take therefore the talent from him, and give it unto him which hath ten talents. Let's pray. Father, I come before you today, Lord, and Lord, you know this more than anybody else here, but I am not in the position to be able to bring forth the word of God in a way that could touch anybody's hearts and lives. So, Lord, I'm asking for your grace and mercy on my life today, Lord, that I will be able to do what I cannot do, and that is to open up the scriptures in such a way, Lord, where your people can really understand this important area of materialism in their lives, Father. And, Lord, so often I struggle with so many things in my life, so I'm praying today, Lord, that you'd help me, help me to speak clearly, help your people, Lord, to really see what you have for them throughout your word and throughout the scriptures, and I pray these things in your precious name. Amen. So we're going to be talking about today, last week, this week, and in a couple more weeks, identifying and overcoming materialism in our lives. So this is really part two of that lesson. It's going to be a continuation right through for the next few weeks. But identifying and overcoming materialism in our life. The Bible says it is required in stewards that what? It's required in stewards that a, that a man be found faithful. Now, God doesn't just ask us to be faithful in a one area of our life, right? God doesn't say, okay, if you're faithful in this area, then you're off the hook for everything else. No, God wants it to be choir and stewards that a man be found faithful and be found faithful in everything that he has given to us. And you know, there's an overriding principle that applies to all of us, but there's also individual things that God has for you to do. 
There are certain things that God has for Trent that God wouldn't have for me, right? But those things that God has for me and the things that God has for Trent or for Ethan or for Pastor White, it is required in us, whatever God has given to us, that we be found faithful in those things. Just like the parable of the talents here in the stewardship area. To one he gave five, to one he gave two, and to, and to someone else he only gave one. But God still wanted each and every single one of those to be faithful in what he had given to them. Don't get caught up in what God has given to you. Get caught up in what you can do with what God has given to you. Amen? Don't get caught up in what God has given you. So often we look at, the, oh, God's only given me this to do. I wish I could have done more. I wish I had more to do. But be faithful in what thou hast and see what God will do after that. So, one key to obtaining God's peace and respect to finances is to understand and fulfill your responsibility as a steward. Really understanding that we are stewards, that everything we have really does belong to God. So this is something that we as Christians, if I was asked for a raise of hand, how many people believe this principle? Probably every hand in this building would go up. I believe this principle. But if we were to look at our lives, is your life really saying that you believe that principle? Are you really living that out in your life that everything you have really does belong to God? That the money that you have, that the possessions that God has blessed you with, the even the clothes that you have, that really all this is just a stewardship of what God has given to us. Are we really, truly living that out in our life? Are you, am I, really being the stewards that God has asked us to be? Stewardship requires that we acknowledge that God owns everything and that we act accordingly. That is, we need to learn and implement God's principles in managing the money that God has entrusted to us. And the great thing is, there's a ton of principles in regards to this area of finances. A lot of Christians don't believe that there's a lot of principles, but there is a ton of principles throughout God's word in this area of managing your finances. And you know, the, the parable of uh, the talents here is more than just money. We're just going to be applying this to money over the next few weeks, but there's a lot of areas we can apply the area of stewardship in our life. But here about money, God has given us a lot of principles for that. The Bible says that he that is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in much. And he that is unjust in least is unjust also in much. If therefore you have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, who will commit to your trust true riches? If we cannot even be faithful in the unrighteous mammon, this area, who will really commit to our, us true riches? That's not, I didn't say that. That's what Jesus Christ said. Who can commit to them really true riches? Because you know what? Money, although to us it's a big deal, it's not a big deal to God, right? He really considers it a really insignificant, but he still has principles for us to use, and we can utilize that in our life as being good stewards to God. So we're going to be talking about the area of stewardship a little bit. Daniel actually hit this about a year ago, maybe a year and a half ago as well, so I'm not going to spend too much time in this area. But you know, how we live today will, be, will determine how we spend eternity. How we live today will determine how we spend eternity. That's why I started off talking about heaven here in the very beginning. Because the life that we're living right now, this little vapor, God says, appears for a season and then it vanisheth away. It's only here for a quick little bleep. But how we're living this life in, this, in the area of stewardship, how, what kind of stewards we are, are going to depend how we live for the rest of eternity with heaven. And you know what? I completely forget that all the time. <laughs> 
I completely forget when I wake up that day that the way I'm living that day is going to be, this is the way I'm going to basically live for eternity, how I'm living for eternity, how I'm acting, what God's going to do, those kind of things. And we're so caught up in the day and age in which we live in. On a regular basis, we need to spend quality time in prayer with God, asking God for his wisdom in respect to money that he's entrusted with to us. So this is a very key thing. If we're going to really be the stewards that God has for us to be, we have to spend quality time with God in prayer, asking God for the wisdom that he has for us because God does have this area in our life to be done in a certain way. And we need to be asking God for the wisdom when it comes to that. We also need to study and meditate on God's word. These are really basic principles in regards to the area of being a steward. But study and meditate on God's word with regards to finances. The Joshua 1.8 talks all about how if you study and meditate on God's word, there's going to be a blessing there for you. I think we can all probably quote that. With more than 2,000 references in regards to finances in the Bible, the Bible has plenty of wisdom in regarding this area in our life. We also need to demonstrate faith in God by trusting God to provide our needs. So often, we go outside of what God has for us because basically, we, we just don't have enough faith to really trust and believe God to really trust and believe God. And we, we, we worry. We, we really do, a lot of us worry in this area of finances. It, it consumes us. We think about it all the time, and it start, we get worried in regards to this. But worry is the sin of distrusting the promises and power of God. Worry is the sin. Okay, it's a sin. Worry is the sin of distrusting the power and the promises of God. God has promises that he has said, if you will do this, I will do this. If you'll live this way, I will do this for you. But it goes both ways, amen? There's the blessing and there's the cursing. But we don't need to worry about this area because God has set up many principles throughout his word in regards to this area. As a steward, it is important to focus on God and his word and his will. If you fulfill your responsibilities, then regardless of your financial circumstances, you can know for certain that God will fulfill his. You just need to put your faith in God in this area. If you are doing what God has called you to do, you know 100% that God's going to do his part. Amen? You do your part, God will do his part, and you'll just be amazed at what God will do with you in your life and the peace that God will give to you. The Bible says, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. Are you troubled? Are you afraid? And do you not have peace in the area of your finances? God says, we don't want that to happen. I don't want you to be afraid. I want to give you this peace that I have for you today. Your life today is the result of your thinking yesterday. I mentioned that last week. But your life today is the result of your thinking yesterday. How are you thinking in this area of being a steward with God? Or, even, or are you even thinking about it at all? Because the way that we think, the things that we think about, that will determine the kind of actions that we're going to have in the future. Take your Bibles, turn to Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12. We mentioned this verse last week as well, but actually we didn't turn there, so I want you to turn there. Because we talked a lot about how we think and what a big deal that is in our life. I want to ask you as you're turning there, what is your attitude towards money? I mean, when you think about money, you think about your finances, you think about being a steward, you think of all the stuff that God gives you, what kind of attitude do you have in regards to money? Romans chapter 12, verse 2. And be not can what? <laughs> I almost said it. And be not conformed to this world, but be what? 
transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. God is saying, do not be conformed to this world. We talked about it last week, but we want to talk about it again. Obviously, we can apply this to many areas of our life, all areas of our life, but think about it in the areas of finances. Have you allowed your thinking, your mindset, the way that you approach finances to be conformed to what the world has told us we should do? Or have you allowed the transforming power of God's Word to help you look at your finances and your stewardship that way? Think about that. Have we been conformed as believers to the way the world says we should look at money? Are we allowing God to show us how to look at money in our life? And the way you can see that is go, keep going reading that verse. And be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Oh, the way that you approach your areas of finances, is it good, is it acceptable, and is it the perfect will of God? That's a hard pill to swallow when it comes to money. Amen? Is it good? It is acceptable. What you do with the talents that God has given to you, what you do with those seeds that God has given to you, what you do with the money that God has given to you, is it good, is it acceptable, and is it the perfect will of God? Guess what? That's, that's a hard thing when you start looking at your bills. It's a hard thing when you start looking at how do I spend the money that God has given to me to really make sure that it's applying those three principles to the area when it comes to money. But we have to get to the place where we are tender enough to ask those questions of ourselves: Is what I am doing with what God has given to me good, perfect, and acceptable to him? Is this the way that God would use it if he was standing right here next to me? Because when you write that bill or you use that money, again, what you are using is God's money, God's finances. And as you go about your life, the Bible says, God said, I know that you have need of these things, right? God knows we need food. God knows we need clothing. God knows we need transportation in this day and age to get to the... So God knows all of these things. But how you are using what God has given to you, are you being it in such a way that is good and acceptable in the perfect will of God in your life? If you cannot answer yes to that question, then that's a good indication you need to step back and see, do I need to change this area in my life? I have on here, get your heart right with God and then get your money right with God. So often, we try to change something in our life before we really change our heart. And you know what happens? It might change for a little while, but it goes right back to what it was before because we are taking care of something else when really we need to be taking care of the heart. When you get your heart right with God, your money's just going to fall along with that. You know, because then God can work in your life and he can allow you to use those finances the way that he wants because you're allowing God to control and use your life. But don't try to jump into this and say, well, if I change this or I just give more, if I do this and do that, and maybe those might be all good things and maybe those are what God wants you to do, but you never really change your heart. You're still like the rich young fool that has not changed his heart and you've not included the heart of a steward into here then those things that you're doing are superficial and they're not going to last and it will not make an impact on God's, for God in the future. Make sure you get your heart right with God. Make sure that you're focusing on the right things. You know, a lot of times to get from one location to another location, we use maps, right? I mean, today, in age in which we live in, 
it's different than what our parents grew up in. They used to go off of like landmarks and say, oh, you know, you turn left at that field over here and you got the windmill and you turn around the corner. And now it was like, where do you go? I don't know. I just put it in my phone. I have no idea where I'm going. I just go wherever my phone tells me to go. And then you have that map, right? And we all have certain mapping programs we like better than others. And we're not going to sit here and debate which one's the best here. But you know what? When we have a map and we have a clear direction to get to someplace, we can pick how we get there based upon the map that we're following. And I want to ask you this question. What map are you right now following in your life in regards to the area of finances? Are you following the world's map or you're following God's map? Because depending on the map that you're following, right, you're either doing it God's way or you're not doing it God's way. That's just that simple, right? There's not any like, you know, it's not God's way, God's better way, God's best. It's just God's way or not God's way. You can call it whosoever other way, the world's your way, whatever. But if you're not doing it God's way, then guess what? You will not end up where God has for you to end up. Okay? It's that simple. And what I'm trying to do over the last couple weeks, and it's just so hard because I feel like we're in introduction still, but I just want you guys to grasp how serious of an issue this really is in our life and what a difference this can make in your life if you really grasp this. Financial freedom is knowing how to receive the provisions from the Lord. Financial freedom is knowing how to receive the provisions from the Lord. Guess what? Just like, in the Prover- the Proverbs, just like in the parable we just read, every steward got something. Amen? There wasn't one steward that God said, okay, I'll give to you five, I'll give to you two, I'll give to you one, and you know what? I don't have any left to give to you. That's not going to happen. God is going to have something for each and every single one of us. Yes, they're going to be different. Yes, they're going to be whatever. But God does have something for you. So financial freedom is knowing how to receive those provisions from the Lord and then doing what he's called us to do. do. The Bible says, Beware that thou forget not the Lord thy God, and thou say in thine heart, My power and the might of my hand hath got me this wealth. Listen, this is a warning from God. Okay? But thou shalt remember the Lord thy God, for it is he that giveth thee power to get wealth. You know, I think in America, in this country, a lot of times we look at, hey, look what I, look at me. Look what I did to get this wealth, you know. Look how I did this or how I did that. I went to college and I was able to move up in my work and I worked really hard. And look what I was able to do with all these, all these finances. Look at what I did. And God said, beware, don't do that. Because it is in the hand of God to give thee wealth. Not in your hand. This was a warning to the nation of Israel, but it can also apply to us as Americans. That what we have done is not because of us, but it's because of God. And it comes the day when we start saying, look at what I have done, God says, beware. We talked last week how God used a double warning. He told the rich young fool, take heed. And then he said, take heed and beware. There's a double warning here for us to take heed and beware if we have this attitude of pride in our life that we have gotten these things. If God has decided to bless you, and decided to give you more talents than maybe you see somebody else, do never think that that is because of you. To realize that is from the Lord, and there is a greater responsibility for you to use that for what God has for you in your life. What are you doing with what God has given to you in this area of finances and your talents with the Lord? So materialism, we got to look at what is really materialism in our life. Do we really understand that word materialism? And if we don't understand it, how can we really see if we have this in our life? But materialism, the definition of materialism, here's a couple right here, a tendency to consider material possessions and physical comfort as more important than spiritual values. Materialism is the obsession with acquiring material goods. In many cases, this obsession is driven by the compulsion to be perceived as a successful individual. 
Materialism is buying things we don't need with money we don't have to impress people we really don't like. I'll read that one again. That's Dave Ramsey that said that. Materialism is buying things we don't need with money we, we don't have to impress people we don't like. And you think about it. How often have you made a decision based upon what other people are going to think about you? I have. I'll be honest with you. I've made decisions based upon that. And that's materialism. That's an attitude of materialism in our life. Materialism is when we are focused on things we can buy or earn more than we are on God. It's at that time where that has become an idol in our life. Any time that you've lifted something else up in your life in front of God, that becomes an idol. And God tells us, do not have any idols in, 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 before me. Have you allowed the area of finances to become an idol in your life? I will tell you right now that I have allowed that to happen in my life on more than one occasion, where I've allowed the area of finances and money and material things to become more of an, an idol in my life and has put that in front of God, and God says that we, sh- we should not do that. That is wrong. Let me see a couple pages here. It's got all this stuff. Just be aware of that this is one of the traps that the devil likes to use on the, the heart of the Christian in this area of materialism. Money and possessions are assets when they meet our basic needs and serve God's purpose and allow us to focus on Christ and his kingdom as the object of our desire. Money and possessions become liabilities when they themselves become the objects of our desire. Money and possessions, there's nothing wrong with that, right? Whatever you have, that, there's, there's nothing wrong with that, but when you get the order reversed and they no longer become assets to use for God, they become liabilities to you because you've placed them out of order in your life. There's never been one person that's laid on their deathbed that said, I wish I had more stuff. (laughs) Guarantee you, not one person laid there with family around them, or maybe not, that said, well, I wish I really had more time to go buy some more stuff. I wish I really would have spent an extra, you know, time in the office to gain more money. I wish I really, really would have put more money in the bank account. No, no one ever does that. I want you to think about this. Have you really considered the end? We're all here different ages, right? And in our life, it doesn't matter what age you're at because none of us know when God might call us to be home. God might call me home before he calls my dad home. I don't know what God has for me. Have you really considered the end? Have you considered, if you keep traveling down the road or where you're at right now, what the end is going to be like? Have you not looked at other people's life and said, well, if they keep going that way, I can see that God's not going to bless their life, or I can see that this is going to happen to them. We can see it before it even happens sometimes. But if you've taken time to look at your life and the way that you're walking and decisions that you're making and the stewardship that you are doing, and if you've taken time to say, if I continue down this road, have you really considered the end of that? Or if you got caught up in the day and age in which we live in? Or if you've taken time to consider the end? I think it would behoove all of us to consider the end. And you know what? For some of us, that is going to be quicker than some, some, somebody else. We don't know when the end may be. So to wrap this up here in the next few minutes, we're going to get into next week some areas of overcoming materialism in our life. Today, we are just trying to help ourselves to really identify this area in our life. But what it all boils down to, last week's lesson, this week's lesson, the next two lessons we have coming up here, which I probably won't get through either, what it all boils down to, if we don't have the heart of repentance and a heart of wanting to obey God, 
none of this really even matters. Because what we have to come to a place in our life is say, if God says this, then I just want to be obedient to him. And what we have to do is to take ourselves off the throne of our life in this area of finances and allow God to put himself there and do whatever God wants us to do. God might want something different out of another person he does somebody else. He might ask somebody to give more than somebody else. He might ask somebody to save more than somebody else. He might ask someone else to have a different type of home or a different type of job or a different type of career than somebody else. You know what? And he can do that. He's God. He sees everything. I can't only see the day here, and I can't even see what's going to happen tomorrow. But God sees all of the past. God sees all the future, and he knows what he needs to accomplish his will in a certain way. So who are we to go and question God and say, God, why did this happen? Or why is it like this? Or why are you asking this of me? We can't question God in that way. We just have to have faith and know that the way of God is perfect. And what he has for you is the very best. And someday you will look up. It may not even be here on this earth, but someday you'll look up and realize that God's ways was perfect. Why did he withhold certain talents? I don't know. Why did he allow certain things? I don't know. But you know what? He's God. He's the creator of everything. And he's allowed to do that in for whatever area of our life. The book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do obedience, observe to do according to all that is written therein, for then shalt thou make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. Without obedience, there will be no success in your life in this area. But Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's meat, nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore he requested of the prince of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. Have you allowed yourself to become defiled with the things of this world? The love of the world, excuse me, love not the world, neither things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Have you allowed yourself to fall in love with the things of this world? Have you allowed yourself to fall in love with your material possessions? Have you allowed yourself to fall in love with whatever it may be in your life and taken that love that really belongs to God and have loved something else? Have you allowed things to take the place of our God? Am I materialistic? Are you materialistic in your life? Do we have the mindset of a steward or are we more consumed with ourselves than what God really has for us in our life? The way you decide to walk today determines the destination you will reach tomorrow. Let's pray. You have been listening to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. We hope this message was a blessing and encouragement to you. If you would like more messages, visit our website at fbcclarklake.org where all of our messages can be downloaded for free. Also, you can subscribe to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or SoundCloud. All of our messages are available for free. If you want to keep up to date on what's going on at Fellowship, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram where you can see what's happening at Fellowship Baptist Church. If you'd like to visit us, Fellowship Baptist Church is located at 3200 Reed Road, Clark Lake, Michigan. Thank you so much for listening, and we hope to see you back here again next time.